welcome to Extra Average, the podcast that's probably the weirdest one on the internet. This is the podcast where we try to control your mind with chemtrails and Tide Pods and shit, or whatever else we can think of. I'm your host, Robbie Dees. I'm the host of this thing, and uh, we got a treat for you today. But first, I like to start things off by talking about the weather. Um, it is raining where I live in North Augusta, South Carolina, and it's been raining for the past several minutes, and honestly, it's been terrible. Um, I imagine it's going to keep raining. Um, I imagine any parades that are scheduled are going to be canceled. I was actually out in the rain earlier walking. Um, I started walking, and it wasn't raining, and then it started raining, and I just walked back, got wet, had a great time. I don't uh, I don't ever check the uh, the weather forecast. I kind of just go with my gut. My gut says that it's going to rain for eternity. It's going to keep raining, stopping, not even when all humans and non-aquatic animals have drowned in the rising seas. And that's been your weather. And now we got a really special surprise for you. I over the past couple of weeks have been developing a tiny suit of armor small enough to fit an opossum. And I've made two of these, two sets. And last night, I went out and I I trapped two opossum. And I brought them back to my apartment. And so for the first time ever, we're going to have a gladiator-style fight to the death between two opossums. And it's going to be amazing. Just getting, I'm getting the second one into the, uh, into the armor right now. Just got to do this thing right here. There we there we go. All right. So we're getting ready to kick this off. Opossum number one. Are you ready? The opossum didn't say anything. Opossum number two. Are you ready? This opossum also did not say anything. All right. I want you two to forget everything you've ever heard about a clean fight. And I want you to just go at each other. Fight to the death. Are you ready? And fight! Okay, uh, the first opossum does not seem uh, inclined to fight the other. And opossum number two does also not seem inclined. Uh, Both of the opossums seem to only be concerned with how uncomfortable the armor is. Ah, yep. Opossum number one is walking away from opossum number two. Opossum number one is now on the other side of the room, and opossum number two seems completely disinterested. Yep, this might have been a bad idea. I don't think they want to fight to the death for our entertainment. That's okay, though. I'll just release them. I think I'm going to release them wearing the armor, though. Going to leave it on them. Going to give these guys an evolutionary leg up. They're going to go out there into the wild and encounter a predator at some point. Predator's not going to be able to pierce that armor. I am too good of a blacksmith. They're going to be safe from predators. They're going to be able to spread their genetic material. I did. I really did a favor for these two opossums. They're going to go far. They're the best. They're right now. They're the best opossums in the world. Um. If your judging criteria is, uh, you know, impenetrability, 
which I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a word. But these guys are going to go out there. They're going to make all... I mean, I don't know. I guess their babies aren't going to have armor. So I guess I'm just going to have to start mass producing this armor so that I can... Not, I'm not going to give it to all opossums. I'm just going to give it to the posterity of these two opossums and their wives. Uh, come to think of it, I didn't actually check the sex of either one of these opossums. So, mm, I probably should have done that. And I just released them. I just opened the door and let them go out. So, that wasn't... Uh, I mean... I could just keep making the armor because I enjoy doing it, but, you know, if there's no opossum to wear the armor, then why make the armor in the first place, you know? Well, that was your uh, special thing for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. But we have more special things. I actually have a guest um, in my living room. Uh, this is uh, this guest is a paleontologist. Um, just got back from a dig, and um, the funny thing about this... Uh, guest is that they've agreed to not say anything at all um, and just sit there in silence. So uh, I just I want I want to thank my guest, uh, Dr. Richard uh, Pork and uh, and his team of, uh, of understudies. Uh, they're all sitting in the corner and they're looking at me and they're they're all shaking their heads no right now because I'm looking at them trying to I, I, I would really like for some of them to come over here to the microphone and, and talk, but none of them seems really interested uh, in talking. Yeah, they're all staying silent. Um, can I get any of you guys a drink? Would anybody like a beverage? I've got, I've got coffee. I've got some bottled water. No? Not one of you wants to talk. All right, just sit over there then. Sit over there. All right. I guess we're going to move on to something else. Um, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about my life. Um, right now, I'm sitting in a chair and recording a podcast, but that's not all. That's not all I do. I have a lot of other uh, very fulfilling things uh, going on in my life. Um, I just got back from a hike. I was hiking in this canyon. Uh, I forget the name of the canyon, but it was a very large, probably the biggest canyon in the world. Um, just a massive massively huge canyon that I was hiking in and uh, as I'm hiking in this canyon and realizing how how incredibly large it is I thought to myself that this canyon is so superfluous to every other canyon that it needs a name we have to we have to single this canyon out and give it give it a moniker that just even in even in speech even in just conversation it just elevates it further than any other canyon because this surely is the best or i don't know the the most supreme or the the grandest the grandest canyon we're going to call it the grandest canyon but I was walking in this canyon, and I came across a guy. He was sitting Indian style. I don't know if it's PC to say Indian style. Um, he His legs were crossed. I don't even know why I call it Indian style, honestly, because in school we called it crisscross applesauce. Like, that wasn't weird. 
This guy was sitting cross-legged on the ground. His head was bald. He was wearing a sweater. And it was really hot outside. I asked him why he was wearing a sweater. And uh, he didn't want to reply to me at first because he was playing his flute. Should probably mention that a minute ago. But this guy's just fluting. He's a flautist. Um, sitting cross-legged. He had no shoes on. And he was wearing corduroys. And I walked up to him. Asked him why he was uh, wearing a sweater when it was so hot. And he just didn't want to answer. Just kept playing his flute. So I just sat down next to him. I didn't sit cross-legged because my uh, my legs go to sleep if I sit cross-legged for too long. Um, and they also go to sleep when I just sit in a chair wrong. So let me just adjust here. But I'm sitting in front of this guy. And he's playing what I have decided is the best flute solo I've ever heard in my life. And uh, he plays the last note and then he looks at me and he says, you want to know why I wear this sweater? And I said, I would like to know why you wore that sweater. I, That's what originally drew me to you. Um, I did enjoy the flute music, um, but it's not what I originally came to you for. He said, the reason I wear a sweater is the reason why anybody wears a sweater. Because I look fucking dope as shit. And I said, nothing. Because he disappeared. He just vanished. He turned into a column of vapor, and then the vapor dissipated. And all I could hear was a little, like, mid-sea uh, note from a flute just fading away on the wind. And then I was attacked by coyotes. One of them ripped my leg off. Um, that's why, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I, I feel like I might sound, my voice might sound a little bit pained because, uh, I don't know, I was just attacked by some coyotes. Um, the coyote grabbed a hold of my leg and, um, and just uh, removed it from my body. And I don't know if you've ever had a uh, a limb removed from your body before, but it's uh, it's not what I would call um, a dandy. It's not um, it's not a bowl of uh, of uh, small uh, stone fruits. Um, it wasn't. Um, it definitely wasn't a walk in the park. Um, because my because my leg was off. Um, the coyote had grabbed hold of my leg and torn it off, is basically what I'm trying to say here. Um, and then the, the coyote also vanished. Um, so I'm just uh, laying there on the ground, um, and I'm bleeding out, and my leg is off. And so I just had to, I had to get up onto my elbows, and I'm like, I'm scared. My adrenaline's through the roof, and I had to crawl leaving a trail of blood in the dust to get my leg. And then uh, and then a helicopter showed up. Um, I didn't call the helicopter, but I guess every now and again they just send... send uh, they just... You know what I mean? So I'm getting in the helicopter, and uh, it's really hard because my... Uh, my I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but my leg is uh, my leg is off, and uh, I go and I get in the helicopter, and I have my leg tucked under my arm, and they take me to the hospital, and uh, and they and they rush me in, 
Um, they, they just flew the helicopter straight into the hospital. They have this, like, they have this new, um, uh, door system that, like, it's just, it's just huge doors that are in the roof of the place. They, they did away with the helicopter pad, um, and they just, they installed these doors that just open up and the helicopter can descend straight into the hospital and drop somebody off, you know, to have their leg reattached or whatever, you know. Not everybody has been attacked by coyotes and lost a leg, but, um, you know, some people have other injuries. Um, you know, some people probably hit themselves, uh, with pencils. Um, some of them probably have like an ear infection that they got from swimming or something. Um, and that's why they're there. Uh, you know, there's all, there's all sorts of, um, things that can happen to your body. Uh, and a lot of them are really gross. And I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Just, they're just hurting themselves. Going into, into hospitals and just, just bleeding all over the place. I don't, people make really weird choices with their lives. I certainly didn't choose to be there. My leg was off. The coyote was gone. Nobody believed me. There were bite marks in my leg where the coyote had it in its mouth, but nobody believed me. But I'm talking to this doctor, and this doctor is putting my leg back on. Um, he had um, used a local anesthetic to um, numb the area around my leg, and um, he just uh, like he had just put a belt around uh, around where the where the leg was off um, on my stump. And uh, he just cinched the belt real tight so that I wouldn't bleed anymore. And um, he's just sewing my leg back on. Um, and honestly, I was I was a little put off by the uh, by the small talk that he was making as he was putting my leg back on. Uh, I felt like it was a little bit unprofessional. Like he started asking me about my life, um, asked me if I was cool with my parents, um, you know, if I had any plans for the holidays. Uh, he was just being real blasé, and I was like, hey, Doc, my my leg's off. I mean, it's a little less off now because of the fine work that you've been doing, but I don't think I want to talk about my life with you. I want to talk about, is my leg going to be okay? And the doctor said, your leg's going to be fine. I'm going to put it back on, and you're going to walk out of here. I said, isn't... Like, isn't it going to take some time to heal? Isn't the bone broken? And he said, yeah, the bone's broken. But you have to... I try to tell this to all my patients. You are only ill for as long as you believe that you're ill. And if you want, you can get right up out of this chair, as soon as I'm done putting your leg back on, and walk right out of this hospital after you pay me $500 million. And I said, $500 million? That is a fucking steal. You might be the best doctor in the world. I think, no, I'm absolutely sure of it. You are the best doctor in the world. And we need to give you, I would like to give you a name that would make you stand out. Stand out against all the other doctors, even, even just in conversation. Just give you give you some sort of moniker that 
that sets you apart from the rest of the doctors in the world. We call you because you're the best doctor. You, you're superfluous to all the other doctors. I might have been misusing that word this whole time. So we won't use that one, but what? You're the, you're the greatest. You're the grandest. You're the grandest doctor. And he finished putting my leg on, and I stood up, and I sprinted right out of that hospital. And then it started raining again. And my stitches started to dissolve. But it didn't matter. I believed. My skin was healing. My muscles, the ligaments, they were all reattaching. And I felt great. It made me think that maybe there was some hope left in the world. Maybe. Maybe I could beat anything. Maybe I could become the best opossum armor creator that ever walked on a leg that five minutes ago was off. But I finally made it back. I made it back to my apartment. And I noticed that the place needed some cleaning. Now let's be let's be let's be honest. Like I looked around, the place was a total sty. And I needed to get to cleaning. But I don't know how to clean. I've never cleaned a day in my life, and I've never seen anybody else do it. I was I was completely out of my element. I googled it. I typed into Google, how do you clean an apartment? And all they tried to do, they tried to sell me a service. They, they tried to sell me a service to get somebody to come in here and clean my apartment for me. I didn't know what to do. I called my mom. I said, Mom, how, how do you clean an apartment? She was like, son, I don't know how to help you. I know how to clean, but I've never owned an apartment. I said, Mom, I've never owned an apartment either. What I have had is my phone go off in the middle of recording a podcast, but I've never owned an apartment either. That's the whole point of an apartment. You don't you don't own it. You rent it. That's that's what you do with an apartment. It's not a place that you own, mom. I pay rent every month. She said, "I don't understand." I said, Mom, let me break this down for you. Somebody else owns this apartment. They paid the mortgage. They own it. They got a little piece of paper that says, I own this place. Maybe they bought it. Or maybe it was given to them by their father, who was gifted the land by their father, who got it from 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 some guy who, you know, didn't really even understand the concept of owning property. And he sold it to the guy for an embarrassingly low sum of money. And got the short end of the stick in this interchange, in this transaction. But that's the American way, Mom. That's how we do things here. This is the place that we live. This is the, this is the country that we live in. Are you proud of it, Mom? Are you proud of the are you proud of the world that you brought me into, mom? You, you you're trying to talk to me about renting an apartment when you brought me into 
a world where you can even buy a place? How do you feel knowing that you can just own a place, Mom? Do you feel good? She said, I don't, I don't know what an apartment is. And I said, Mom, I was trying to explain to you what an apartment was a minute ago. But you didn't want to listen to me. You never want to listen to me, Mom. And I hung up. It was not one of my favorite conversations, but I still needed to clean my apartment, and I didn't know how. Do I, do I have a vacuum cleaner? I know how you're supposed to use that in a house. You're supposed to like turn it on and push it around on the carpet, and it sucks everything up. But I don't know if that's going to work in an apartment. It's got carpet, but the place is different. The place, I'm not, I don't own this place. I don't own this place the way, the way that you do when you own a house. So I don't know if things work differently. You know, most of the stuff works the same. I turn on the sink, the water comes out. I tried that shit. I went into my kitchen and I turned on the tap and water came out. Just like a house that you own. But I can't, look, I'm not just going to make assumptions. Assumptions are the way that you run into trouble. You run into trouble when you assume. Everybody knows that when you assume, you make an ass out of you. You make an ass of yourself. You assume and you, you turn yourself into an ass. And my mom didn't raise no ass. My mom didn't have an ass for a son. She had a guy who needed to clean his apartment. She had a kid, she had him, and then 26 years later, he looked around at his apartment, and he said he needed to clean it, but he didn't know how, and he's trying really hard, and he's getting real frustrated. The internet couldn't help him, his mom couldn't help him, his girlfriend's at work, she usually cleans the apartment. She's never told me how to clean the apartment. I don't think she wants me to help. I don't think she wants my help. I feel like I feel like she's holding this over my head, this knowledge of how to clean. And I just want to know I just want to be independent. And I don't want to depend on anybody else to clean my place. But I don't know how. I thought maybe when I got an apartment that living in a house that somebody owned, I lived I lived in I lived in my mom and my dad's house. And they owned that place. So I learned how to I learned how to clean an owned house. I learned. I learned that you can use a vacuum cleaner. I learned that you can clean dishes with soap and a sponge. You can take all of your dirty clothes and you can put them inside a washing machine. And you can put in detergent and you can push a button and your clothes are clean. That shit doesn't work in an apartment. I've tried, okay? I've tried almost everything. Most of the stuff still works the same. But I'm not I can't make assumptions. I don't I don't want to I don't want to engage in risky assumptive behavior. I turn on the tap, the water comes out, sure. But maybe maybe I try to plug in the vacuum cleaner and I turn into a, I turn into a dude. 
I don't want to turn into a dude. For me to turn into a dude would mean that I'm turning into something that I'm already pretty sure I was. And I don't know what sort of effect that could have on a person. If you're a dude and you turn into a dude, what happens? Do you just disappear? Does it create does it create a vacuum or a paradox? You just implode on yourself? I don't want to implode on myself. I want to go hiking in a canyon. And I want to get my leg back on. And I want to record a podcast. I want to let you know about my life. That's what I want to do. And I want to figure out how to clean my apartment. But I just can't. It's frustrating. Sometimes when I get frustrated, I like to go to my happy place. and Just live there for a while. But y'all, my happy place is my apartment. And it's dirty. It's, it's fucking filthy. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm looking around right now. This is no way to be. I think I have to buy a house. But I'm not a rich guy. I can't just buy houses. If I could just buy I if I could buy houses, I'd buy a house for every person that I liked. I'd meet somebody out in public and they'd say, "Hey, how you doing?" And I'd say, "I'm doing all right." And you seem pretty nice. Do you want a house? And they'd probably say something like, yeah, I do want a house. Or, no, I already have a house. Because people aren't going to take a house when they already have one. That's ridiculous. They'd laugh in my face if I tried to give them a house when they already had one. They're like, you are young and inexperienced in this world. You can't, once you know somebody has a house, you can't offer them Another house? Are you crazy? People would think I was crazy. I'm not trying to get locked up for being crazy, giving houses to people that already have houses. It's just ridiculous. You tell me something. What kind of world would allow a person to have more than one house? To own two places. This world that I was born into, that my mom put me in, where you can own a place. The ridiculous notion of owning a place. Of being able to look at a place and go, that that place is my place. What if you multiplied that by, by times two? I don't want to live in that world. I would blast off in a rocket tomorrow if I thought that was the world that I had to live in. I'd spend a crazy amount of time building a rocket, learning how to build a rocket, and blasting myself off into outer space because I don't want to live here. I don't want to live here when people got two places. They got one place where they were living, and then they got another place that somehow they acquired. If you ever see somebody with two houses, I want you to tweet at me. 
or if you just have any questions at all. I'm opening up the floor for questions. You guys can tweet at me, at that D's guy, and ask me any question you want, and I'll answer it. Maybe not on the next podcast, because I don't know when I'm going to see your question. But you tweet right at me, at that D's guy. And if you need advice, or you just have a question, or you can't figure something out, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. Because I'm smart. I'm wicked smart. You can be a genius and still not know how to clean your apartment.